Hello, this is Work From Home, the podcast that helps you stay connected, productive and sane while working remotely. I'm Harry. And I'm Alex. And today, uh, the idea of can you be tempted back to the office? Uh, We've got some interesting back to the office incentives as employers are trying to coax their employees back from their home desks. They have grown so fond of, right? You're you're fond of your home desk. We're all fond of our home desk now that we've we've suffered through the last few months of... of, uh, how the hell do we make this spare room a productive workspace? Now we don't want to leave it. And our employers are trying to coax us back. Uh, you know, And we should also be honest, we're, we have our concerns probably health-wise. So Alex, what what have you got for us? Some, some ideas that, that people are, are using to try and get people back to the office. Yeah, this is taken from an article on wired.co.uk. They point to some of these interesting incentives that we then had a look at. It begins with trying to coax people via the commute itself. So not just the office, but actually getting to the office. So there's a company here called Advent, which is covering the cost of taxis to the office for team meetings. Not for commuting, but just for the meetings. And this kind of plays into what we've been talking about previously when it comes to hybrid working from home and from the office, of getting people in for specific reasons. And they have, it's quite interesting, they seem to be pretty on top of it, is that you, you need to have a negative COVID test within the past two weeks, and then you can get your free taxi into the office for team meetings. So with that, with that just I feel like that would definitely get me in for team meetings. I don't, I'm not sure if that would get me back into the office. No, it wouldn't necessarily for me, but it'd be a nice perk, and I'd feel very important sitting in the back of a taxi that's... Uh... Oh yes, on your way to just, a very just because you're meeting. not paying for it, it just feels yeah, yeah. Sorry, out of my way. I've got an important meeting to go to. Yeah, it would definitely get me back in. Well, I don't know about definitely. It would probably get me back in for meetings. I'd feel more comfortable about commuting if I if I was in a taxi versus having to, to get a bus or whatever. Uh, but I agree with you that it wouldn't get me back to the office at least right now. I, you know, given the sort of recent developments, at least here in the UK specifically. I wouldn't feel super comfortable going back to the office unless I really needed to or felt that there was a really great reason to no i i agree i think it's one of the things that i miss most keenly when it comes to remote working and in fact it's the only major issue i have with it is the inability to even just every now and then go and physically be in the same room as the people that you work with so yeah um what else like what what, what else are people doing to um to entice people back is that you know anything else to do with travel yeah, it's it continues on the travel theme. And just one piece of information before the next one is we talked in a previous episode about how one sort of white-collar knowledge-based job supports multiple blue-collar jobs. And here they talk about how passenger numbers on the London Underground are down 70% year-on-year, which is huge. So it maybe there's an advantage also to the economy at large to have people out there doing it. But it also says here that just over half of UK workers are reluctant to go back to the office and that commuting is their biggest concern. So it's not just the the idea of being flash in a taxi, it's that this is the biggest concern for the majority of people. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? Especially if you live in a big city, like that would absolutely be my number one concern. And like driving to work just so many people in, in big cities don't have cars because you don't need them. Uh, and it's just impractical and the roads would be complete chaos. Manchester is almost entirely, it has huge streaks of one-way systems in the city centre. It would be a nightmare to even try to take your car in there. 
Right. So it's, yeah. So it's just not an option. Um, I would be really reluctant to get on public transport right now, particularly in on like, you know, I, I used to live in South London and I'd get the tube into central London, the Northern line first thing in the morning. morning uh, and, and I used to live in West London, another point. And so then getting the tube uh, on the central line, first thing in the morning, it's literally, it's sardines. It's like, I've never felt more violated than first thing in the morning especially in the winter as well because in the winter everyone's wearing thick coats because you're outside it's freezing and then you come down into the tube and it's sweaty as hell and so you're all crammed in with all your clothes on and everyone's boiling and sweating and oh it's just the worst so yeah at this particular point in time during covid i is about as appealing as a poke in the eyeball so i'm not surprised i think people have got to do a lot to make this appealing to to people to employees rather now obviously these are big companies with very you know, it's all very white collar stuff and but it's it's one of those things it's like Google or Twitter, you know, you look at these companies and you would expect that in the future other people would follow suit. So this is not us assuming that everyone who listens to us is a is a Goldman Sachs investment banker or anything, but rather these are developing trends. So the first one here is Bloomberg, saying that there are twenty thousand global employees, they're giving them all a daily allowance of fifty five quid or seventy five dollars to cover their transportation costs. So if maybe, you know, you can't drive into the city centre if you wanted to pay for parking close to the city centre or a toll or, you know, anything like that, they'd cover it. And then Goldman Sachs is doing something slightly different, which is they're focusing more on the kids or any dependents that you have, is that they're offering additional days of care for your dependents and also free breakfast and lunch although I'm not sure how much of a, if that's going to get everybody racing into the office. Yeah, I don't know. But the childcare one makes a lot of sense. I would say that's probably the number one reason for a huge swathe of the population, right? But still, it doesn't make me as a worker feel more confident about being in an office with my colleagues. You know, it doesn't make me feel safer about um, being close to large groups of other people. So I don't know. These are all these are all incentives, right? They're not necessarily, doesn't necessarily suggest that they're working. <laughs> Yeah, and this is something that you mentioned closer to the start as well, that there are deeper concerns beyond just paying for public transport or childcare. Not that they aren't valid concerns, but there is a, there's a larger spectre here, which is the pandemic. You know, you want to stay away from people and stay socially distant, and you don't want yourself or any of your family members to catch it. So an example given here is something that's beyond just some money or some freebies is PricewaterhouseCooper. They've started a desk booking system so that you can book a desk if you're going to be in the office, but it'll keep you socially distanced from other people in the office, which seems like a great idea. And one of the people they talked to in this article is talking about how there's a co-working space in Vienna where you have an app on your phone and that's how you get in and book your desk and everything. So you don't touch anything and you don't talk to anyone unless you need to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, I, I mean, that, that sounds really sensible. It also sounds really sterile and awful. Um, but, but, but I mean, that's the point, right? Sterile is the point, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose I'm all, I'm assuming that in this case, they're going in to meet other people unless they're a sociopath who just loves to, to be in the co-working space alone. <laughs> So that is one of the main takeaways from this article is that instead of blanket schemes or just money, which of course is great, is that 
everybody does have a slightly deeper concern and it'll dif- differ from people to people. You know, you obviously have childcare to think about, whereas me, I, well, you would have childcare and commuting to think about because you're outside of the city in this sort of semi-imaginary scenario, whereas I'm in the city but don't have, and don't have, you know, any dependents. So my concerns would be different. So maybe a commuting travel fund would be great, but I don't really care. I'd be walking anyway. So it needs to be more tailored. Yeah, you're right. I think so. And so to you listening, what uh, what would coax you back to the office? Have your employers done anything that is uh, that is effective, that's that's yeah, encouraging you or your colleagues to get back to the office? Do you need encouraging? Maybe you can't wait and you're and you're rushing back. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, email us at wfh at lowerstreet.co. If you enjoyed today's episode, got some value from it, we would really appreciate a review, a five-star review in Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever app you're using. Uh, we would really appreciate a, a review. It goes a long way to helping us um, find new listeners to this here podcast. But in any case, we'll be back uh, three times a week as ever. Um, so tune in again very soon. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks for listening.